I'm Abby Atkinson and this is Don't Let Dave Win, the podcast that explores mental health and that negative inner voice that we all have within the world of the arts industry. This week, my guest is my amazing friend, Alex Dando. At the time of recording this episode, just under a year ago, Dando was a follow spot operator for the Life of Pi lighting team at the Wyndham's Theatre. Since then, she has been a follow spot operator for the Book of Mormon, and then for Les and now she's a charge hand for the Book of Mormon LX department. She is also currently studying for her electrical engineering and computing degree. Oh, and she's also written a book called Welcome to the Bells, which has landed her a publication deal. So it's safe to say she is one of the busiest and most driven people that I have in my life, which makes her a great guest for this podcast. We discuss the challenges of being a young female in a male-dominated industry, the highs and lows of creative careers, and Dando bravely chatted to me about her experience of living with epilepsy and insomnia, and how both have affected her inner critical voice. Hey Dando! Hi! Thank you so, so much for coming and chatting to me today. I love it, I'm so excited. How are you feeling today, genuinely? I thought we'd start with a bit of a check-in. So yeah, describe in two words how you feel today. Uh, I think fantastic. Yeah, just just great. It's just good vibes, good good day. Love it. Love yeah. that, love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling quite mellow today nice. and calm. I feel like the last couple of podcasting things <laughs> I've done, I've just been so like anxious energy and stuff. But I feel... Yeah, I'm feeling good today. Good. Positive good. vibes. We love that, yeah. Positive vibes all round, yeah. So, I've explained the concept to you of the podcast name and everything before. So, yeah. do you have an inner voice that is constantly bugging you and telling you your shit and not good enough? <laughs> um, I feel like from having eight to nine years in hospitality, my inner voice has to be Karen, you know? <laughs> It's always got to be a Karen, you know? Karens are always there. They're everywhere you go. <laughs> always wanting to see the manager, you know? Oh. So I would definitely name, name mine Karen. <laughs> yeah, I had a fair few <laughs> working at the pub together. <laughs> oh my God, literally. <laughs> Perfect. Welcome, Dando and Karen. Um, what do you think Karen is for you? Would you say that it's anxiety or it's general low self-esteem? Or have you kind of come to terms with like what Karen is um I think mainly Karen is is just the constant fear that I'm not good enough and yeah I'm just not good enough what I'm doing and I don't like know enough and yeah it's the constant feeling that everyone who I'm like working with or if I'm up against for a job interview is always going to be better than me yeah it's just the constant worry that I'm just yeah not enough yeah yeah so I guess yes because that is is, that's both anxiety and quite low (laughs) self-esteem God, bloody Karen. I suffer from both as well. So yeah, totally, totally get that. Do you think that's, like, where does that come from? Is that because you're quite, like, you're quite young to go to dive into the industry that you're currently in? I think, yeah, it is partly from, yeah, I guess just being, I don't want to say inexperienced. I feel like I've had quite a lot of experience, but I guess maybe compared to others, not as much. I think a lot of it is come from being like, um... I mean, obviously being a woman as well is always quite difficult in our industry, but I think it's also because, I mean, this is mainly men, but it is other women as well. They're more, 
I don't know how to phrase this, like outgoing with their knowledge, you know? There's just that constant, I feel like in a lot of the industry, there's just a constant game of who's got a bigger dick, you know? (laughs) It's like, put it away, guys. We're all here to do a job. Like, it really doesn't matter, you know? Like, if you don't know something, ask. If, you know, you're all learning from each other constantly because I think one thing about the industry is there's never one right way to do it. You always have, like, everyone's got different methods and different techniques and different ideas. And that's part of the creative industry is, you know, everyone's constantly doing something new. Um, So I feel like you can never know everything. But some people walk onto like sets and shows and they just immediately whip it out and start measuring. And it's like, oh my God, like, I don't want to prove my knowledge to you. But sometimes, you know, it grates you so much. You you do, you whip out your own, I mean, in my case, metaphorical penis. And <laughs> you're like, no, I do know what I'm talking about. And whenever I do like rise to these, <laughs> to these moments where I feel like I'm battling with someone else over knowledge... I do afterwards I like I never come away feeling satisfied I never come away going oh that was that was a good thing to do like I put them in their place I just feel like I stoop to their level of like Mm -hmm. um yeah like it just I don't know if any of that made sense but it's just yeah no totally completely forgot what the question was I started talking about dicks and went off subject didn't I oh dear (laughs) distracted by the dicks yeah (laughs) it happens no I, I totally get you So if you were to describe what you do, what would you sum it up as? And do you think it is a very male dominated industry? Yeah, I'd say like for the creative industries, which is very male dominated as it is, I feel like the the part of it, which I love, unfortunately, is even more male dominated. Um, Because at the moment I work in the LX department at the Wyndham's Theatre, currently working on Life of Pi. Um, I'm just like a follow spot operator, which is the like lowest rung of the ladder, but you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. And I absolutely love it. So like no complaints. And actually everyone I work with is so lovely and you know they they keep their dicks firmly in their pants um (laughs) metaphorically and physically oh wow that came out wrong but here we are (laughs) but yeah they they've never like made me feel like I don't belong there you know Mm -hmm. they've never made me feel like I don't know enough um so I feel very lucky that I've been there and that's been my first job in theatre um but before that working in film I was part of camera departments and lighting and that is very very male dominated to the point where one shoot I was on um I was the second AC who does the clapper loading so every single take I'm in front of the camera calling what the slate is and we were maybe day two or three and someone uh, one of the AD team um asked me to go get my coffee and I was like uh well I was like sorry I'm a bit busy you know helping the get you know the camera ready and get all the shots out and you know help you out with the lighting and he was like oh sorry um you're not a runner and I was like no I've literally been in front of the camera like slating for two three days and he just he just saw me as like a young female and was like no way she's actually part of the camera department and I was just like oh god like it really annoyed me yeah because that is like you said just seeing a young woman and assuming okay well she must be bottom of the ladder not that there's anything wrong with being a runner but the fact that he just assumed straight away she's here that must be what she's doing a hundred percent yeah it was crazy and is that when karen pipes up the most would you say oh definitely yeah because it's like when you know when someone when someone questions you i started questioning myself and i was like you know maybe i don't know enough like maybe i'm not supposed to be here like maybe i'm here out of luck and i just 
and I'm not doing well enough. So yeah, it just it just reinforces the whole like I don't know enough and I shouldn't be here and it's just yeah, it just adds to the like, oh god, what am I doing? Yeah. Would you say it's mainly a male voice that puts you down? This is not a criticism yeah. at all, but it's interesting that you've picked the name Karen, but it's men that are often like putting That's you so down true. and stuff. Like I, is yeah. is Karen different to these male voices? Or is it kind of like an accumulation of the two? That is so true. Yeah, I call I call my inner voice Karen, but it is it is mainly men that make me question, you know, what I'm doing. Occasionally women do it as well, but I feel like um when women do it, it's from a place of insecurity where they've been put where they've made to be feel feel the same way I have and they feel like yeah, they feel like they have to prove themselves. I feel like they're, that comes from their place of insecurity. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I call my inner voice Karen, but it's definitely... What, is there like a, a male version of Karen? Like, um, I don't know if yeah. there is, you know. God, what would a male version of Karen be? Carl? <laughs> Carl, I don't know. Carl, yeah. But Carl with a K? Carl with a K, I Carl, like it. Maybe we should change Karen to Carl, you know? Or what is it? What's a typical maybe male annoying customer name? <laughs> There's not like a because yeah. I guess Karen has kind of become like like I I was fully in agreement as well. Yeah. Like God, yeah, the Karens in hospitality are like the worst. Yeah, and just... we we've met so many of them, but also yeah. like there aren't there isn't really a male equivalent that's become like a universally known yeah. name for it. I like Carl with a K, but yeah. like it there should be one. There should be one. Yeah, you know what, Karen, I'm gonna let you off. My, my inner voice is now Carl with a K. Carl with a K. Carl with a K. Yeah, because that's so true. It's always men making, well, not always, but 90% of the time, it's always men mm. feeling, make you feeling inadequate. I think that that is part of the, I mean, same as for women and men. Like, I feel like the, these, these comments that they make come from a place of their own insecurity. I kind of get it, but I just think competition's exhausting and I can't be bothered to be part of it. But I suppose a lot of people, you know, do find life as a bit of a, a race, don't they? I agree completely like yeah for acting it's the same thing and I kind of I guess a lot of it was like my assumptions because I went in kind of assuming that the vibe on my training course would be competition but actually like it was a lot more supportive than I expected it to be and so that's good yeah so now I think I'm gonna hopefully take that with me and if someone if I see someone else doing well I'm never gonna be bitter like as long as I know I'm doing enough yeah and I'm doing everything I can for me then if someone else does well it's not a stab in the back for me it's sort of like yeah. well, we can all do well yeah I should probably ask you like if so you're a cinematographer if you were to describe what you do in your own words how how would you describe your job uh so I say I'm working in theatres at the moment but I do still freelance on the side and oh god this is tricky yeah I suppose because I did I did my degree in cinematography so I have like like stereotypical cinematography is you know working on films and tv and you've got like a nice big camera department behind you and and you're setting up the you know creating the scene like yeah what a cinematographer does is he he, he or she sorry ooh, automatically said he um <laughs> hate that hate that that um, he or she um they that would be better they they um take the director's vision and they basically implement it and using their their own like flair, like create it how they want. Um, they direct the lighting team and the rest of the camera team to make sure they can like implement it. Um, so that's what a, a classic cinematographer would do, which is what I did do at uni and what I do love and what I did, you know, start doing out of uni. But now I'm more of, I guess you'd say a videographer. So I do like 
uh, like promos for things and it's literally just me and my camera we're a little team just me and um on oh, my camera was chris and fred the other day so it's just me and fred um going around um at the moment i'm doing lots of uh property videography so the uh, the estate agents can send it out and people can see the property without going to see the property mm-hmm. so yeah little bits like that so i do like videography and editing at the moment but i think it would be nice maybe like say maybe when i'm older um and people might respect me more <laughs> going back to film might be might be nice i do still love film i do still love it even though some bad experiences have made me want to like shift out yeah so yeah you've you've kind of touched on this already but have you questioned before whether this is the right industry for you yeah yeah um I think one of the other things that I always like yeah think about is so this was especially right out of uni I was thinking is this is this what I want to do because you have to as I'm sure you're aware you have to sacrifice a lot to be in this industry like there is no such thing as a weekend um and it's even more so as like a freelancer and an actor i guess um whenever a job comes up oh it doesn't matter if you've already worked 13 days straight you gotta take the job because you never know when the next job's gonna come so one thing that made me question whether i wanted to actually like freelance is you know i i do want a day off (laughs) for sure yeah yeah. i want to go see my mom (laughs) exactly which is all important and very valid stuff and it's also like it's so important to not burn out and to yeah prioritize mental health and everything but like you said it is you're told especially early on say yes to any job yeah literally take whatever you can because you're always told you never know when the next one's gonna come and it's always the way that when you take all these jobs like for like three or four months you're just non-stop and then all of a sudden for three or four months you're like fuck there's no work yeah (laughs) so it's always like it's such a double-edged sword isn't it and that's always made me question I do I love what I do but sometimes I'm sitting there going is this this is this the lifestyle for me Mm. and I like stability like I don't like you know checking my bank account going oh god can I make rent because of you know I don't know when my work's coming and even if you're not in work you're looking for work you know it's never a yeah it just never ends does it It yeah the day off thing is definitely it's not a day off like for me personally I end up spending it like either line learning or yeah like applying for more acting jobs whereas I was chatting to my friend who's um, like did a nursing degree right. and so works in the health profession and she was sort of saying like obviously like her work is a lot more intense yeah. and like really long hours and everything but when she has a day off it is a day off yeah and she was like do you not get sick of it like just applying for <laughs> jobs on your day on your days off and like you need to actually go out with friends and yeah. it's that kind of stuff that you do sacrifice a bit more like saying no to plans and and things like that and it's I think it's funny that you bring up about your um, friend being a nurse because I was literally thinking about this. One of the other like things that was hindering me. So I graduated in 2019, which, you know, my career went so well coming out of uni with with the pandemic hitting less like just over six months, I suppose, after graduating. Um, And I remember in the first lockdown, um, like massively doubting whether I should be in the industry anymore mainly because i mean the government told us to go retrain didn't they <laughs> oh god what was she called that that advert was it fatima yeah the ballerina <laughs> absolute bullshit so dismissive as well just like yeah. your your industry eh. yeah eh. literally and like my like my mother is an intensive care nurse and my twister twister <laughs> twin sister i love that um, twister twister my twister <laughs> Uh, she's also a nurse and obviously seeing them on the the front line of the pandemic and 
I was at home like, oh, <laughs> is it worth it? I'm not contributing anything to society like my family do. And I, I had this big like, you know, internal crisis of like, I'm not important. What I do is not important. And then I realized as the pandemic went on that everyone in lockdown, all they were doing was watching TV and reading books and playing video games. I was like, no, the creative industries are important. It's what, For sure, yeah. It's what gives us sanity. I feel like in between it all, it helps us switch off. And I was like, no, it is important. It's okay to want to do this. Like, it is okay. Exactly. Um, like, that's what got most people through it. And yeah. And yeah, to kind of dismiss a whole industry and be like, oh, we don't need this. Yeah. Like, absolute bullshit. Literally. It was, yeah, it was just so, yeah, undermining everything that people do. And like, I think um, people either don't realise, ignore or forget how tough it can be. When you do get the job, the jobs are mental as well. Like Mm -hmm. 18 hour days sometimes. Like I know I'm not saving lives or doing anything. Like normally I'm just holding up like a poly board to balance the light on someone's face. But it's still long and the conditions are normally quite terrible, aren't they? Like I, so the first shoots I did are still some of like my fondest memories of being in film. But I remember one shoot we did was in a forest in February and it was freezing like constantly and it was just oh so it is it is hard work isn't it and do you feel like the sort of bad conditions and stuff do you feel like it's kind of overlooked because it's like okay you yeah you you want this job so badly so like you're just expected to put up with really shitty working conditions yeah and I think it is the whole thing of like take any job you can get but you also forget to look after yourself and to be like no, actually, I need to make sure that I'm well looked after, that yeah. I'm being treated properly. Um, what about the industry gives you that drive and that fire and passion? I was actually like, thinking about this the other day because um, obviously I feel so lucky that I've got the job I'm in now. But it's, it's, been a, it's been a long road getting there and getting into a job I love. And I remember speaking to my brother and, and he was saying, um, oh, but you're so lucky you're working, doing something you love. And I was thinking about this and I was like, oh, I wonder what else like I would have done. And then I realized that throughout, literally from, from choosing my GCSEs, there was like never a, a second option, you know? It was never, oh, if this doesn't work out, I guess I'll try, maybe I'll do this instead. So yeah, I guess that's part of the passion of the fact that there's like very little else has like, you know, turned my head. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember in, in year 10, um, so my dad was he's quite traditional in the sense of he's like yeah you should have a traditional job and you know something that's going to give you stability and you know and he sort of helped sort out my work experience in year 10 um my dad was great and he he got me some really cool opportunities as a lawyer like, ah, okay <laughs> he was trying to be like yeah there's there's other options rather than just chasing this absurd idea that you want to work in a film industry um, but even like even before then and even after then, I was like, no, like it's it's only the creativity for me. Yeah, it's something I suppose it's probably maybe one of the reasons that everyone who's in it is so passionate is because they've chosen it against everyone else's better judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are your family like? Are they are they really supportive of you being in this industry? Like, has there ever been any sort of like conflict or disagreements there? They no, they have all been very supportive. Like at the beginning, my dad was always trying to advise me of a better route. Um, he was always saying like it's not a good life. But I think once he saw how happy it made me, and like obviously as a kid, I absolutely loved films. Me and my best friend used to go to the cinema constantly. Like 
yeah there was times where we'd seen literally every single film and we were like what do we do now but yeah because it makes me so happy but my mum in particular my mum's always been supportive because she just wants us all to be happy you know she's she's always been like yeah you you go for it like and I'll help if I can and yeah which um, is amazing yeah and, and yeah my parents are the same like they've been so so supportive uh, I think like surprised that I kind yeah. of took <laughs> a complete U-turn and was like yeah I know I've done like a degree and a master's but I don't actually want to do anything to do with this <laughs> at all I'm gonna go to London and act I love that um, I love that but they were both very much like no do what makes you happy because yeah. there's nothing worse than looking back and regretting what you didn't do and and life is really short and yeah it's yeah you don't want to just go into like the safe option Definitely. just just for the sake of looking on paper like you're succeeding literally when actually like your happiness is taking a massive dive in order to do that 100 percent. i feel like also people in life don't realize that you can change your mind you're led to believe this is this is your choice and this is where your life's going but you can change your mind you know exactly. you can you can mix it up like during lockdown i was looking at other options as well because i was like well i have no idea when the creative industries are gonna come back and maybe one day I'll go back to it um, and in between that I was trying to figure out like what do I want to do and I've always loved always loved technology and I've always loved programming like it's just a hobby and so yeah my love for technology I wanted to know how it works it led me to doing some coding and so I've actually started another degree in uh, computing and electrical engineering which is incredible like you you are I think the busiest person I know <laughs> like you are doing so many things at once and I mean it's fucking amazing you're do- you're balancing so many things but I'm also like how does she sleep when do you fit it into your schedule because yeah you're doing yeah. a computing degree like you you write as well like you've yeah. got you've got short stories and a novel on the go as well yeah. and, and you're thinking of going into headshot photography yeah yeah I don't know I think uh, my brain just it just never switches off um but at uni like I had insomnia so I didn't sleep so whilst everyone else had like wait what what is an average day for 16 hours so yeah like well most people only have 16 hours in a day at uni I had like 23 and a half because I only slept for like 30 minutes oh my god so I could get loads more done because I was just awake obviously my mental health was not (laughs) doing good but I managed to get so much done because I just didn't I just you know you get bored lying in bed waiting to sleep so I was like I'll just get up and make a film or which is incredible because you yeah. you must have had really low energy if you're only sleeping for half an yeah. hour and I don't drink coffee either so like I still remember first going to a doctor about the insomnia and he was like you just need to cut out coffee and I was like oh it's already been done mate I've never drunk coffee like even right now I can count on my two hands how many coffees I've had in my life wow. it's currently eight. eight <laughs> oh my god um, oh god if you feel free if you don't want to talk about this it's totally fine but how long did you have insomnia for and do you do you still suffer from it now um so I had it for nine years so it was quite long um no I I luckily I'm I'm good now I sleep a lot now which is really fun um so no I've been um I've been sleeping since last March which is very fun amazing Um, yeah I think that's also part of the reason that I feel like I can balance a lot more now is because I've actually got a brain in my head (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and you've actually got the right amount of energy yeah and like you said like it must have had such a huge impact on your mental health as well um and also this is this is like the this with insomnia like I think people just think it's being tired or it's so much more than that like it's it, it like eating sometimes makes you nauseous but then sometimes you won't eat everything because you're so knackered you're like I just need some like 
food energy um and also it gets very boring lying in bed so you obviously normally get up and like I started doing night shifts when I got insomnia because well I already had insomnia for years and I was like oh there's an opportunity to do night shifts um in like the uni club Mm -hmm. and I was like oh that works for me it just means I fill the time where like I'd normally be alone um but then obviously doing night shifts and not lying down my back is is still recovering um and also yeah I found it really difficult to read when I had insomnia because you just your brain just can't focus on words it's like ugh um but since sleeping oh it's just so good that I can read I've read 25 books in the last year that is incredible yeah it's good got a lot going on at the moment and it's a lot of fun did Karen slash Carl at what point did they appear did the insomnia make them worse Mm. or yeah at what point did you become aware of them um I think they've sort of they've been there I think even from like when pre-uni pre like getting into creative industries I was always thinking oh well I'll never make it like there's no point even giving it a go because I'm never gonna get there in the end you know they they were always sort of there saying like I'm never gonna make a living out of it um but yeah so I think they've always been there obviously the insomnia (laughs) didn't help because when you're so tired it just and you know you're just so like well it is hard to like keep the anxiety down and um like I still remember losing it at one of my my uni friends because um they uh they said oh I wish I had insomnia I would get so much more done and I just wanted to slap them and I was like I can't believe you'd wish this life but yeah bless you and that made kind of mental health and anxiety worse as well yeah Carl and Karen were always around during that time but mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm Carl and Karen aren't around as much because like I say I sleep a lot more and I'm a lot more like confident myself and I think also being older having this job and having past experiences I do um I do doubt myself a lot less because like I say with them um, I was telling you earlier about how when Life of Pi closed briefly um I got the opportunity to go work on Book of Mormon which was amazing um but Book of Mormon is it's a more difficult show as a follow spot and um the fact that I just went in I watched one show and the next day I was operating and I did like a decent job um it made me realize I am actually a competent human wow wow yeah. what a revelation you're smashing it <laughs> thank you thank you but yeah it's, it's it's really fun and yeah incredible oh my god and okay so if you were to give one piece of advice to your younger self what do you think it would be I think um annoyingly I'd probably I'd probably give my younger self the same advice that my mum gave me um so my mum always says everything happens for a reason and it drives me fucking mental because sometimes like say when you're when you're sitting haven't slept for three days and um on top of I I'm also epileptic um which is also it's been quite a joke in my life I'm an epileptic who wants to work in lighting but it's not photosensitive epilepsy um but obviously when people hear epilepsy they immediately think flashing lights you're on the floor you know it's not like that at all but when when I like applied for the job I work in now like which is a lighting team and I had to well I didn't have to tell them because like legally you don't have to but I was like I should probably let them know just in case and I remember calling my boss and I was like um I just really need to let you know I've got epilepsy and I'd feel wrong coming into work and not having told you just in case something was to happen even though my seizures are like that I don't fall unconscious so I just like go a bit absent and he was like right and I could hear him go like you know you know that meme where the woman's like got the calculations around her (laughs) I could I could like hear him trying to work out how it was gonna work (laughs) and I had to explain I was like it's not photosensitive it's fine um so what 
if you don't mind me asking like what does happen when you have a seizure oh it's just so they're called um uh, focal aware seizures so it's uh i don't really know how to explain i suppose it's, it's sort of like an absent seizure um so i'll go a bit out of it but like it's in my temporal lobe so um and temporal lobe um processes sound so for me it's like it like and if any epileptics were to be like listening to this and be going oh that doesn't sound right well every 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 seizure is different they all follow a similar pattern but everyone gets different symptoms and stuff and for me i um it's like my brain temporarily forgets what english is <laughs> like it genuinely just can't process what sound is so i normally just have to sit in a quiet place and just sort of wait for it to be finished and then i'll like come around and it's a bit exhausting but it's not like it's not dangerous it's only dangerous if i have like you know one after another after another after another but um, they're normally just one or two um if i was to have one which i haven't for ages which is great um so yeah it's just sort of like a brief like moment of you know not being there and then just being really tired mm-hmm. um i didn't tell um so i told one of my producers once this was when i was in uni that i had epilepsy just because i thought oh it's probably good to you know let the health and safety officer officer know of of like a health condition and she didn't hire me again and i i heard it was because she she thought i wasn't worth the risk assessment to bring me back because wow. um having an epileptic on set with a lot of like equipment even though it's not that kind of epilepsy like I'm not gonna drop down like I'm very lucky that it's it doesn't you know make me lose control of my body and it doesn't I don't have to go to hospital and like I'm very like I've, I've got the most chill form of epilepsy it's like out there you know I was, I was lucky in that sense but yeah she didn't want to hire me again because I wasn't worth the risk assessment and so I stopped telling most employers because I was like oh I don't want to be fired for it even though legally obviously they can't fire me for it but you know in in a lot of film who follows the law you know yeah and also like it doesn't affect your ability to do your job like like you said like if she'd have actually taken the time to listen to what your symptoms are and what kind of epilepsy it is like it doesn't affect your ability to do your job at all yeah literally like my current boss he he literally it wasn't just him but he got his manager as well to come and speak to me about it and they wrote down all the information and they they didn't like ever question whether I could do my job they literally just said how can we help you if you were to have one and I honestly nearly cried because I was like oh my gosh someone like is actually just all, all they were asking was like if you have one what what can we do and it was like oh it's so refreshing you know that's perfect because that's, that's what it should yeah. be yeah, as well like literally. you don't want to if you were to not be given opportunities because yeah. of it that would be so shit because and it, yeah it's just one it's just people being a bit ignorant isn't it um but i have had seizures on sets before and i just can't tell anyone um because i like, I don't get fired and i don't want them to not hire me again so like i still remember the worst one i had i had i think it was like four back to back and we were annoyingly we were working with an Ari Alexa which is like the most expensive camera that I've ever worked with and I was the second assistant camera on that shoot and um so I was helping change the lenses over and I was trying to be like trying to hyper focus my brain because I was carrying these lenses that cost thousands and I just had a seizure and like I could barely feel my hands and I was like this is not gonna go well but I just felt like I couldn't tell anyone and luckily I didn't have to actually change them I just had to pass them over because I've had to change them I don't think I would have been able to um but yeah I just didn't want to tell anyone because um, yeah you never know what what someone's gonna how someone's gonna react like luckily 
um a lot of people recently react like very kindly and very like thoughtfully but in the Good. past like i'm glad it's at least getting a little bit better now yeah but it must have felt really lonely and isolating as well to be yeah. on set and not be able to tell anybody it just it felt like just another hurdle that you can't get rid of because like, i can't change the fact that i'm young and i can't change the fact that i'm a girl and i can't change the fact that i'm epileptic and i mean at the time i couldn't really change the fact that i had insomnia and it just felt like i was constantly treading over like more and more hurdles and i was like oh. um i remember so uh, the one of the first positions that you get on a set is a, like if you're going in as a runner um, one of the first things is being a driver to pick up like equipment and to pick up like a uh, cast and crew you know you just that's like one of the first roles as on a set as being a driver um and i remember one of the first producers i worked with when you need to get a driving license because that's how you get into the industry and she said this to me so i would have been 18 years old still because it was like one of my first shoots and i just felt like i couldn't tell her i was like actually legally i'm never going to be allowed to get a driving license because you have to be a year free of seizures um and like everything like because so before a seizure sometimes you have this thing called an aura which is like a preempting like a sensation before you have a seizure and you it's not just you have to be free of seizures that you have to be free of having any auras and any like symptoms before a doctor can write you a note saying you're allowed to drive which is completely understandable because if you have a seizure behind the wheel it could be like catastrophic so like i've never i've never been there going oh so unfair because it's it's real it's true like you know i'd never want to put myself or anyone in my car or anyone else on the road for that matter in that kind of danger but being told at 18 when you've just started a film degree you're never going to get into the industry without a driving license i was like yikes <laughs> great start great start oh, um, and thank god you carried yeah. on because as it turns out you've smashed it like you've, yeah. you've got your dream job and if you'd have listened to all of those people being like you can't do this yeah like you'd be in a shitty job that you don't care about or you know a career that you're not actually that interested literally yeah like thank god you've managed to not listen to them and and follow your dream yeah and a lot of the advice that you get given as a young person it might have changed in recent years but i find looking back at the advice that people gave me when i was starting it's it's not right you know you you can you can get into industry without driving you know there's another thing you can get into the industry without a degree or going to film school like um not everyone has the opportunity to go to uni like, i was very lucky in that sense that i had that um option for me whereas a lot of people uh, just really want to go to uni and they can't um so yeah like all those people that like, you don't you don't actually need to to get in and unfortunately a lot of the especially the film industry is is nepotism you know it's oh my dad worked with this person who worked with this person they've got me in and that is how a lot of people do get their foot in the door but you don't need to know people you Mm. just gotta like I didn't really know anyone when I went in yeah neither Um, and I think that was one of the things that put me off for so long I was sort of like well I'm going into this really inexperienced and I know nobody and yeah but it's so nice to know that there are different routes in and like not everybody follows the same steps like drama school for instance isn't for everybody yeah like I've only done a year training but that like as far as I'm concerned that's my training like I'm I'm going to auditions I'm happy with how things are going yeah the same you're making you're you're going to the same auditions as someone else who went to drama yeah you're in the same place yeah and and so many people would have you believe that like no you need to go to drama school and, and all of this so like if I'd have had someone there to tell me at a younger age like 
a you can change your mind and b it doesn't matter how old you are like there are so many different ways in yeah so many different ones yeah it's just choosing a different route that's not the like go-to route like yeah blazing a new trail you know yeah you can get in any way you want you know and a lot of it is just sometimes it is the luck of being the right person at the right time but you can also make your own luck in this industry and just you know just getting yourself out there and just doing doing it yeah and like not letting carl or your equivalent win and and knowing and knowing that there are different ways in like you said and it's never too late and yeah that's another thing it's never too late to start is it like obviously i'm starting my computing degree now and i'm 24 and i'm doing it part-time because i don't think i don't think i could do a (laughs) full-time degree alongside things um so i'm not going to finish my second degree until i'm 30 and I don't like at 30 is always that big milestone that everyone you know shits themselves when they get close to you aren't they because you're supposed to have like I mean I was laughing the other day about looking on if I put my life next to my parents I should have already met the person I'm going to marry and I would be planning my wedding now and I was like that's a disgusting thought <laughs> like can you imagine um so I think I think it's changing a lot but when that 30 milestone approaches I probably will still shit my pants but I think I'll shit my pants less than I would have maybe like if I was turning 30 10 years ago because actually everyone works at a different pace now don't they like exactly and there's nothing wrong with finishing a degree at 30 like that's amazing and other people might be married kids whatever but everyone's different and you don't need to have ticked a certain box by a certain age but like I definitely feel the pressure of that as well like I thought that 23 was way too late to be starting an acting course and like Dave was very wrong say it was Carl and Karen yeah for sure yeah they're all wrong you can start whenever you want like I'm hoping I mean I want loads of different careers in my life I want to have my time in theatre and I want to freelance and do my bits because I love I love it all and I want to um when I finish my computing degree I'd love to try and get into cinematography for video games because they're so graphic and so amazing now that video game companies have started hiring cinematographers to like do the cutscenes. I love video games and I'd love to do video uh, cinematography for video games one day. Um, but good for you, yeah. why not have so many different goals? Like, yeah. like you are taught that oh you need to pick one path and that's your career but like no you can you can pave your own way and you can do all of these things and yeah just jump in jump out and you're doing it already like i said before you're juggling so many things <laughs> and absolutely smashing them all so like Thank so you. much admiration <laughs> and please keep doing yeah. it you're the same though like you're working acting auditions starting this podcast Thank writing you. <laughs> you're so impressive like and i love being around people like you you know we've always got like oh what are you doing today and it could always be something completely different like oh i've decided to i don't know stop drawing or i've decided to write a new screenplay or you know and <laughs> yeah when I spoke to you after having COVID and you were like oh I just wrote a short story just yeah. <laughs> banged one out <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing I love about a creative industries is sometimes you get you know creativity just hits you and you're just like oh, I just need to get this out and write it on something or do something about it or you know and it's, it's great like a lot of the times obviously there's bread bloody Carl and Karen and Dave there going oh but you need more money you should just wait and then when you wait sometimes they're like excitement of it dies down sometimes it doesn't but you know yeah like i said i love about creative industries you can just 
do stuff you know decide and go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that today why why fucking not yeah and to go for it and to not yeah. not worry about the logistics and just to yeah. be creative and get it out there and yeah okay well thank you so oh god no thank so you much. so much fun love- i always love chatting to you and I seeing know. what new thing you're up to and so oh i've absolutely loved it thank I've you so it. much no thank you i love just hanging out i suppose we just feel like we're just hanging out and love it <laughs> Thank you again, Dando. It was lovely chatting to you and I had so much fun recording this episode. Thank you as well to the amazing Stephen Sobel and Amy Sayers, All In Actors, for supporting me throughout this project. To Odin Ornhill marson for the beautiful music and to all of you for listening and supporting me. Have an amazing week and if your negative inner voice gets too chatty, don't let them win.